Hello, welcome to a, a regular episode of Houston We Have a Podcast. I realize I've been starting these episodes off a lot lately by saying welcome to another special episode. They can't all be special. we got to do some regular ones every now and then. Um, <laughs> so uh, on today's episode, we actually are doing something a little different slash special. Um, it's me and Paulo here. We are doing a review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, but as of recording this for the first half of this episode, we have not seen it. So we are recording a quick conversation here, and then we're going to go off, we're going to watch the movie, and then we're going to circle back uh, for you guys listening. That'll take the span of about five seconds. For us, it's going to be a long four hours of watching. Eight, eight hours of podcast <laughs> and movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, right now we, we have not watched it. We don't have any idea of you know how good it's going to be or whether we like it or not, uh, but we're going to have a quick conversation about it first so let me ask you this paulo because i don't think we've talked about this too much at this point are you looking forward to this or do you have any type of expectations for this um i think okay i feel like i'm going to be pleasantly surprised aside from having to sit down for four hours and watch the movie um uh, because my expectations are pretty low um having I, i've i've tried my best to not read or hear anything about this uh, i don't know I, I i think i think i will enjoy it more than the original um just because i remember the original being kind of a mess um yeah that's how i feel about it i don't know i feel like your expectations might be higher than mine it's hard to say what my expectations are. I think they're unfortunately higher than what they should be, but I think <laughs> it's more around the concept of what it is. Cause there's been, I mean, I think this has been going on throughout longer in history, but it's become more obvious in recent years when studios start meddling and changing a movie in post-production. And so we had like a suicide squad and now since release the Snyder cut hashtag got popular, they have like release the air cut, release the trank cut. Um, and like, I always hear about, and one of my, the more interesting examples of this is the the recent Fantastic Four movie, which yeah. I'm not sure if you saw, but was an incredibly fascinating movie. Not good, but fascinating. And it made me want to watch what the actual movie was going to be because it was like a weird body horror type movie. I could not agree more. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you watch that and you know we're never going to see that. Except like here's the example where we actually do get to see it. And so for me, I'm really excited to see what the difference is. I don't expect it to be amazing, but in my mind, it has to at least be better than what came out in the theatrical cut as a sort of message to studios being like, maybe you should let these guys have the vision. Like you hired them to direct your movie. Yeah. Um, so at I, the very it, least, I hope it does better. Yeah, I, I do hope that it does start this trend. Um, I mean, going back to that Fantastic Four movie, th before before Wonder Woman, that was the first time that I was like actually shocked by, <laughs> by watching a movie. Um, just like a, a big name, like a, I guess, blockbuster. They were both, yeah. yeah. Fantastic Four was a blockbuster, but it was just so strange. Like you could, you could just tell that everything was off about it. And um, I mean for for justice league it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't as bad to that extent with like how it was just out of sorts like it just didn't it, it felt out of sorts but it wasn't to the extent of fantastic four but i there's still that feeling of like even in the very beginning there's like a, a, a sense of like it, like some of this should be like it, it feels like stuff is missing before batman is talking to this robber about um like the what the like what's this the minion thing like there's a first scene uh, with batman where he catches this like this parademon. burglar and then sorry the parademon is like the the monster oh thing parademon yeah, yeah 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 and it, like it goes right into that and it just feels like like 30 minutes of the movie is missing before that so i mean that's what i'm most looking forward to again my like overall expectations are low so i mean i think this is going to be uh consistent with how you and i uh <laughs> um end up feeling about movies where like my, my expectations will, will be low and I'll be happy and 
<laughs> yours are maybe a little higher and you'll hate it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to like lower my, my standards a little bit because I, I recently rewatched in preparation for this Batman v Superman, which I hated when it first came out. And then I rewatched it and I liked it more because my feelings towards it were so low. And then I recently rewatched it thinking like, hey, I like this movie now. And I was like, oh, I remember why I didn't like it the first time. So I'm trying to have realistic opinions of what this could possibly be. Um, and that was actually one of the questions I had for you was what is in your mind the best that this could possibly be and the worst that this could possibly be? Like, is it a wide range or is it pretty like set in stone in your mind? Uh, I mean, the, and this is kind of hard to say because like from what I've like the, the very, the bare minimum that I've read, uh, like it, it tells more of the story. Like it just flushes the characters out more. Um, so I mean, the movie as a whole, oh man, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say because it was just so like, it felt like out of order for the first time watching it. So just I I I don't even know, man. <laughs> um, I guess it's a wide range. Like with with two hours extra of story and uh, and uh, uh, build up, I guess. I I mean, it it's gotta be better. Yeah, and and that's the part for me that. Like, I want to just say it'll be similar to, like, a Batman v Superman extended cut where it's just, like, a few extra scenes to flesh out the characters. But it's, like, there's two extra hours. Like, you could yeah. maybe have, like, an extra hour of, like, content to fill the <laughs> backgrounds. But then it's, like, what's the other hour about? My, my, um, my question on that is, like, did, did Zack Snyder plan to have a four-hour movie from the beginning? Like, I don't think so. I assume that he was trying to make, like, a three-hour movie and then once it became released the Snyder cut and he knew he could do whatever he wanted, he was as self-indulgent as possible, <laughs> which I'm kind of interested in, but it's like, I, I expect there to be a lot of waste. A lot of things were like, even me watching it, I'm sitting there being like, okay, you could have cut this scene. You could have cut that scene. Yeah. Like when you say as self-indulgent as possible, as in like, he just every, everything that he shot, he included all of it or he did more afterwards. I, I think when directors make movies, they understand, especially when you're making a big studio budget movie, that you have certain restrictions that go along with it. Like you have to have a certain run time to like suit like popular audiences. And I think they usually start with a story that would be more than that, and then it gets trimmed down. And he probably just came back and said, "You're like, you know what? All that B footage that we shot, like I'm just gonna put it in." <laughs> so yeah. I don't think we're getting anything cut out here, which I like. I want to see it everything. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're watching all the like the entire movie with all the the deleted scenes not on a separate disc. <laughs> zero editing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm okay with. I, my expectation, better, like I, I, I kind of talked about that I expect there to be like one hour of, you know, fleshing out the characters and then an hour of something else. I think the trailers have shown us like, and I'm going into like uh, predictions here, that we're going to get the backstory for the Flash and we're going to get the backstory for the Cyborg and we're going to get Darkseid, which is, I think really important to the story because how do you tell a coming together as a team story without two of your characters having any background or history in the franchise? So I yeah. like those characters' backgrounds. I think that will help the story. I think a big part that was missing from the theatrical cut of Justice League was who is Steppenwolf and why do we care about whether he gets these boxes? <laughs> I was just so going to say. <laughs> for me as a DC fan, I know what they were trying to do. And like, for example, the main cut of justice league it opens on a on a montage of them going through the world and showing how shitty the world is and i know what they're trying to do there because or at least what i expect is that um in the comics the world of apocalypse which is where Step steppenwolf and darkseid are from as apocalypse becomes closer to certain worlds the people of those worlds like go into chaos and they start to get angry and fight each other as a kind of sign that the world's coming close and so I'm expecting what they were trying to go for was the parademons were being sent as scouts and their presence in the world is making everyone go crazy. And they were trying to have that as a storyline. But <laughs> okay. if you're not a DC fan, you don't know that. And so you need to actually tell that story. So I'm hoping they do. I hope they go down that route. Um, but as for like the other hour, like I'm hoping cause from the trailers, you can very much tell it's the same story. Steppenwolf comes to the world, you know, they join together as a team and they defeat him. I'm hoping that they get to a point where the main Justice League movie ended and then there's another hour. Because if it's no. like, if the ending is just the ending that we saw in the trailer, then it's like, okay, it's the same story, but more. 
but like for me best possible scenario is they beat steppenwolf and we still get another hour of what though like i don't know because <laughs> okay let me provide the perspective of of a non-dc fan because you just explained all this stuff that i did not like i did not come across to me at all when i first watched the original cut of justice league i mean like i said i i guess it, that uh that's why it felt so out of sorts to me because i guess they were going for all these things and it i mean i didn't get that at all like especially also for um the backstory of steppenwolf um i mean he just felt like like you said just bad guy strong bad guy um and he's like very generic Mm -hmm. so yeah i i also hope that i i get more like just like i don't want to compare him to thanos because that's not fair (laughs) but that's like but dark side is the thanos of dc it's not yeah so it's like the the interesting he's like ronin (laughs) oh yeah maybe a little bit he's actually um dark side's uncle i think Oh. Um, I don't know what that whole story is. Actually, I don't know. But like those people, like they're called the new gods, and they have like this whole background in mythology into themselves. And so I do hope they open that up a little bit and and make people more interested, so that we get more of that in the future. Like I don't expect Zack Snyder to keep making DC movies after this. I think he's already said he's done, like officially. But one of my other like hopes for this movie is that it gets people to be more interested in this style of superhero movie. Because what I really hated as a reaction to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman is everyone just hated on them and said, oh, these are bad because they're dark, both from a, a color palette perspective and like a tone. They're like, you can never do a dark superhero movie. Don't do it. It's ugly. We want more colors and jokes. And so if what happens as a result of this movie is people think, ah, maybe I want a little bit more of that. And we actually get more movies in the future made that have that style, which I like, then for me, that's a big one. I mean, I kind of disagree on that because, like, it wasn't. I feel like it wasn't just that it was dark. It was just, I don't know, not gloomy because that's the same as dark. Like, it's just, like, they weren't heroes, for sure. <laughs> but it's like I don't, I don't need my superhero movies to be heroic. Like, for me, it's, it's better if they're powerful characters who are flawed, almost like Greek mythology, how all the gods are like shitty people. Like, yeah, I like that style and I don't need my Superman to be in a, a shining costume and saving people. It's like, it's okay to make a dark story. I think, okay, I, I think what I'm trying to say is at least for Superman, because it's so, he is that though. Like, isn't that how Superman is? Like, yeah, that's but you the have to change character. characters. Like, yeah, the original Batman that was made in like the 1930s was much different than what we see today because somebody at some point, i.e. Mark Miller, decided to change the character and make it more dark and you know change it up and and so it's like every once in a while you need people to bring a new perspective on these characters because there's only so many times you can do the same thing i guess i mean it it was just kind of strange i don't know i mean i i'm all for having like a different perspective on the character like it like well no batman's not a good example because he was always kind of dark but I, it's just, I, I felt like it was just strange to see Superman like that. Because, like, for, for me, I, and maybe I'm just coming from, like, an a uninitiated DC, like, un, not non-fan. <laughs> English is hard. Um, uh, it, it's just, like, he's he's just, like, he's, in essence, he seems kind of cheesy. And, like, he's he's superhero guy. And that's always, like, that's how I've always perceived him. So just to be, like have like an angsty superman and like oh my god it's this is terrible i have to save the world and like it's just weird a weird approach for me i guess i don't know i I don't mind if he gets there eventually but the fact that he's like almost like that forever and he has no other side of his personality like if he struggles and then grows up and then becomes that person i'm like okay you earned it but it's like if you were just born like it's like hey i'm good i have morals i save everyone then it's like okay you're a boring character (laughs) Um, But that brings up another thing that I'm hoping for, which is movie, which is to show the dynamic of the Justice League a bit more and to tell it from the perspective of Flash and Cyborg. Because in my mind, Batman and Superman are more interesting as side characters than they are protagonists. Because as soon as you make them protagonists, they're kind of boring and you have to like uh, see behind the curtain a little bit. Whereas in my mind, like Superman is almost interesting if he's a side character who's like too OP and he's like this God type character. And Batman's like just like, this jerk and untrusting asshole kind of guy 
And so yeah. it's like you can't make a character with those guys as the main characters because you end up making Batman look like Tony Stark, which is what they kind of did. Yeah. Um, but it's I like if you tell it from the perspective, yeah. <laughs> if you tell it from the perspective of like Flash and Cyborg, and you get these people who are like entering that world, and you kind of get that like a Harry Potter or Neo thing where it's like they're introducing the world through people also going through it for the first time. Um, and you're going to get this outside lens on Batman and Superman. So I'm, I'm hoping they do that, but I, I still feel like they tried to make Batman too much of the main character in this one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, and I, I kind of cheated a little, well, unintentionally cheated because from what I've heard, actually, should I tell you? No, I want to wait. Okay. 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 Well then we'll save that for the, the after, uh, the after, uh, viewing conversation I, regarding Batman though like there's a post that Zack Snyder made when he was still trying to get the Snyder cut released where uh, he kind of made it there's one part where in the Justice League theatrical cut where he's getting beat up by Superman and he makes a joke about like internal bleeding or something and it's like he made a post being like that's not my Batman this is my Batman <laughs> and he showed a clip not of like <laughs> he showed a clip of like Batman smashing someone's face through like a wall and he's like this is my Batman so it's like he kind of threw down the gauntlet and said you know, my Batman is a more badass Batman, and now we get to see his unedited version of it, and it better deliver. Oh my God! Now, see, you're you're just building up your uh, your expectations just this throughout this one conversation. <laughs> what I'm hoping at the very least is that they throw out at least two of the jokes that he made, uh, which is the one where he says, "I'm rich" as his superpower. I that was coming. <laughs> I, that better be cut out. I'm, I would be very disappointed if that was a Snyder edition and not Yoss. And then the one that I was mentioning where he jokes about like internal bleeding after fighting with Superman. I actually don't even remember that one. <laughs> I don't even remember what the joke was. I just remember being like, this is weird to see Batman making Marvel jokes right now. So can Flash keep making his jokes? Yeah, that's his character. Like, <laughs> yeah. totally He's like that. the Spider-Man of, uh, of this and even group. Cyborg, like, Cyborg's an interesting character. He's one of my favorite DC characters. But he goes from this range of being like the... Uh, dude bro football jock who says booyah to the guy who's like a very tragic character because he doesn't know where his soul ends and the machine starts and so it's like that's a bit of a weird tone to balance but i hope they go to the darker side because that's what i like um but we'll see i'm also on a side note there were some really good shots of like football scenes in the original justice league trailer i want to see that too (laughs) yeah it was um there's one of i think joker uh, unless it's just someone who looks really weird, is did I imagine that, or am I misinterpreting that? The Joker is in the movie. Okay. I don't know to what extent. Do you want to? Do you have a a, a guess or like a, a hypothesis as to what he's going to be doing? So in the trailers, they elaborated a little bit more on the nightmare scene that happened in Batman vs Superman, where it's like the dark <laughs> future. And what they were kind of hinting at was um, something in the comics. It's the um, Injustice storyline which is basically a future where the Joker kills Lois Lane and then Superman like rips the Joker's heart out. And so it gets like super dark and I hope they go down that road, but I know they won't. Um, <laughs> that is my new like best case scenario for this movie. <laughs> but it's like, he also referenced um, the Dark Knight Returns comic a lot in Batman v Superman, but it, it turns out that a lot of his things were just like visual references, not actual storylines, which I'm okay with like, go tell your own story. Um, but it's like if, if he takes that tone and if I I'm, I'm I'm hoping we get more nightmare scenes like I, I want to explore that a little bit more. And they also in Batman v Superman, they had a point where the Flash came back in time and tried to warn Batman while he was in his sleep. Yeah. And, and he I'm was hoping, like too early or something. Yeah, I hope they elaborate on that. But I have a feeling that was more for like his third or fourth movie that he was trying to set up and not something he's going to try to pay off right away. Well, maybe the third and the fourth movie has become this, like, he just, he added everything into this one, so There was a that. rumor going on at the time that they were shooting Justice League 1 and 2 at the same time before Zack Snyder quit the production, and so it's like, maybe that's why this is four hours long, is they just had all this footage <laughs> of Justice League Part 2, and they're just throwing, which goes back to my hope for, I want an hour after Steppenwolf gets defeated. And that's, yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> okay. Cause all, yeah. Also thinking back to how um, Steppenwolf, uh, how they beat Steppenwolf. Like he just, he got scared and then his minions took him away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's like a real, 
a real big dumb action scene after that one. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see because uh, that was like the worst part of Superman in the Justice League for me was he showed up and just started making jokes and beating up Steppenwolf. <laughs> and it's like in this one, I think he'll be in the black suit in that scene. And mm. like they've shown like clips of him being like very angry looking. And I'm like, OK, uh, I hope that seems a bit different than what they did. <laughs> Uh, well, do you have any last predictions before we go off and watch the movie? Um, I I predict that. Well, no, I, I, the only things that I would have predicted are things that I kind of read in passing, and I just screwed myself over. So, I mean, I'm gonna predict that it's uh, that it's at least one and a half times better than the original. <laughs> I uh, I feel somewhere along the same lines. I think it'll definitely be better. I don't think it's going to live up to any of my expectations. <laughs> um. I'm looking forward to it. This is I think this is the first time that we've uh, or like the first time we've watched a new no second time that we watched a new movie together. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. A lot of movies uh, these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, so audience, we are going to go off and and watch the movie and. In about five seconds, you'll hear us come back and tell you how we thought of it. And we are back. We just spent the last four hours watching Zack Snyder's The Justice League. Uh, Paulo, what did you think of Justice League? Where to begin? (laughs) A lot of movie. (laughs) It's a lot of movie, and I can't believe you watched it twice. <laughs> um, but uh, um, it, it was definitely better. <laughs> I think my one um, super cold take uh, of it being 1.5 times better was uh, was uh, partly accurate. It was maybe three or four times better, I, I feel. Um, it was still, I, and I've been telling everyone this, I, I feel like it was an hour too long. Like you could have told the exact same story um, with uh, an hour less of movie and you wouldn't sacrifice any of uh, the development or like um, y- you wouldn't be losing anything pretty much. Uh, there's a lot of extra extra meat, which is fine. I mean, there's cool stuff in there that uh, there's some fan service uh, some of which I didn't even understand. <laughs> I think you could tell when we were watching. Um, uh, I mean, we're just going to go straight into spoilers, right? Oh, yeah, full spoilers. <laughs> full spoilers. So skip, stop listening if you if you haven't seen the movie and you care about it. But like Martian Manhunter having no... Like, I, I had like a passing knowledge of who he was. But one, he looked very different from what I've seen in the cartoon. So... Um, when he appeared on screen, I was just like, it, it kind of came out of nowhere and it was, uh, I was very confused. Um, and um, there like, again, it's, it's obvious, but the four hour runtime, there were parts where I would like start to lose, like I, I would get, not get lost, but like, you know, I'd, I'd go in and out of it. Um, and the, the Martian Manhunter part, like, um, I mean, it comes out, it comes right after a, a conversation with um, Lois Lane and uh, Superman's mom, who's Martha. Mar- Martha, how did I forget Martha? But Martha, who is apparently Martian Manhunter in disguise, and like, I was I was kind of zoning out during that conversation, um, and then she turned into Martian Manhunter, which was like, I I kind of I thought I was high, <laughs> um, but um, loved. Uh, Loved the all the violence. Um, it felt uh, I, I I I like the that extra touch of of Zack Snyder. Um, the 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 humor was uh, a lot better, and I'll speak more about that uh, when we're talking about the comparison between um, what's his name, Yas Whedon, Yas Whedon. Uh, who's a terrible person <laughs> and everyone hates him. <laughs> um, um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to like run through everything in my head right now before I let you get your chance to speak your piece, but that's how I felt about it, mostly. I'll say this. I loved this movie. <laughs> <clears throat> we talked in our uh, 
pre-conversation that I was probably setting up some expectations that were too high and that it was probably going to be just slightly below that. I expected it to be better than Justice League, like the Yas Whedon version. It exceeded my expectations. I loved how violent it was. I loved yep. how excessive all of the character development was. Uh, <laughs> you talk about it being like an hour too long. I would say maybe it's about 10 minutes too long. 10 minutes? <clears throat> I would like... There's only a handful of scenes that I would have cut out of that movie. Um, two of them being the Martian Manhunter scenes, which I felt like were complete fan service and added nothing to the movie. Um, but for the most part, like I, I felt this was everything I wanted it to be. This is everything I wanted superhero movies to be. Because, yes, all the good superhero movies that are out there in recent years, like Dark Knight or Logan, like they're all movies that are the grounded realistic version of superheroes. And I like that. But what I like even more is like super dark adult, but still like fantasy driven superheroes where it's like they go into the cosmics and the weird mythology and the lore, but it's still treat your characters with the respect that they feel like they're real characters who are developing and have stories and kind of mixing that darkness with the mythology. And I felt that they did that really well. It's not the perfect movie, um there's like some scenes that i have issues with but for the most part it's the style of what i've wanted and i was completely satisfied by that this is a side of carson <laughs> that we'll never ever see on the podcast <laughs> ever again um so okay i'll jump into which scenes i didn't like so the two martian manhunter scenes um i thought could have been cut um there's a lot of people talking about the the epilogue. I didn't feel like that added anything to the story, but I didn't dislike it. I still like seeing cool that thing. world. Yeah, I like the yeah. visuals. Yeah, um, felt like it wasn't part of that movie, but it it felt like it was doing the you know setting up the next movies thing and the the story arc that they're I I assume trying to go for is like eventually Darkseid comes down to the world and like makes it an apocalypse, and so there were I think Zack Snyder he came out in recent articles and said he was planning on making five movies. And so this was going to be like a five movie arc, which like I would have wanted to see. I don't think they will. And I don't want them to, but I think there's a chance considering like the reception of the, of the Snyder cut. I mean, I don't know how Hollywood works, but I mean, at the most like simple reaction, I mean, my most simple reaction is like, everyone loves it. Everyone's raving about how much better it is than the, the original cut. And, I like I, I I don't see them not pursuing this, especially how much they're how hard they're trying to push DC, right? Or how I hard think they, they were just trying announced to push yesterday that Ben Affleck is going to be back. Oh, okay. He's well, going to be they, in the they, Flash movie, but also Michael Keaton is going to be in that movie. So who knows what they're planning? Multiverse for but Batman. I, I think what I would like to see is, um, like them continuing the story, but don't have Zack Snyder do it. Just because like, it feels like it's best for him to just be done. Um, mm. And as much as I'd like to see him continue on, like I'd rather see him do other unique projects. And it's good that his career kind of is rebooted and back on track. But it's like, okay, you've rebooted this universe. Now hand it off to someone else and let them finish the story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. But then, like, you don't, you wouldn't want this tone of, of just, or sorry, yeah, Justice League to continue. Like, it's it's very specific to Zack Snyder, I feel like. Um, and this goes into, like, for example, how his, his humor felt more um, more appropriate than Yoss Whedon's in uh, the original cut. Like, it's not... There's still, like, funny moments, but they're not completely goofy, like... They're appropriate for the tone of the film. Yes, yes. Um um yeah you, you don't want to see that continue like that vision being extended yes and no because like i think i was saying this before in our pre-conversation that i hope that this movie inspires other people to make more movies like this and i think there are other directors out there like the whole idea of having like a dark mythology and style like that like Zack snyder is not the sole person on the planet who can do that and yeah. I think someone else could do something similar and something that was still good in their own style. And so I I do think if somebody else takes it over, it would be different. And they don't give it to somebody who's going to try to copy Zack Snyder. Have, give it to someone who has 
that type of style that they can make it their own and you know give them some freedom to do that um you know give it to someone like denny villeneuve and he can do a nice <laughs> movie that ne- never happened but you know something like that i would like to see that with the post-apocalyptic uh <laughs> vision at the epilogue actually speaking of the epilogue that i just remembered it's not any different from the scene in the original cut where um who's the uh the assassin guy um who oh, meets with Lex Luthor. One of the three. Um, so, yeah, Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson. Um, what's his super like his his villain name? Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah, I, I just found it funny. Like it was a reminder seeing it again in this movie. But like they just murdered Steppenwolf, who's like a like a god alien, and then this human assassin is going to like go after Superman and. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going after humans. Batman, so he's yeah. But I mean, he's gonna walk into Wade Manor, and then Superman is gonna laser him from across the world. I just thought that was funny. Um, so what they were teasing for that one is like Batman and Deathstroke have like because they have similar powers, and so those two can match up. And you know, if Superman <laughs> is uh, is out of the picture, which it actually reminded me a bit of uh, Ben's been on our podcast a few times, and he talks about cell phones and horror movies. Where it's like at the beginning of every movie, you have to explain why cell phones don't exist or don't work. And I feel like for every successful Justice League movie, you need to first explain why Superman's not there and can't control because <laughs> otherwise he'll just beat everything. Yeah. Um, and that like that was a good part of this movie is like <clears throat> he was still powerful at the end and he appropriately beat the shit out of him. But he had a good reason for not having done that for the rest of the movie. Because he was um, dead. <laughs> kind of being dead, yes. Um, but also, I want to talk about Steppenwolf's death. I love that they stabbed him through the heart, cut off his head, and then threw his head through a portal. That yeah. was bizarre and fantastic to see. That was that was fucking awesome. I, I loved that bit as well. Um, on that note, one of the things I loved about the movie was it felt like, and this is hard to explain, and I, I think maybe it comes down to like the audio mix, but even though it's a big CGI movie, it felt like they were in real locations and that real things were happening. And maybe it's some little things about like the big um, historical event where they were talking about Darkseid's initial attempt at conquering Earth, where it's like he gets stabbed through the shoulder and there's all this blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't feel like just a CGI thing. It feels like, you know, a little more humanity or like vulnerability to some of these people. And then like little things about when they were even scenes that were in the theatrical cut, it just, it felt like they were in more real environments, like interacting with the world as opposed to big CGI mess. Yeah. I think that's, that has to do with Zack Snyder's style because I mean, I'm going to compare it to maybe a bad comparison, but compared to 300, which was like the same kind of like CGI people fighting, but it still felt very real and like, like, I don't know the word gritty kind of, I guess. I mean, it's still really like heavily stylized, but like just the 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 violence feels real, even though it's like superheroes against space aliens. Um, and I I mean I don't. It's gonna take a, a someone who understands movies better than I do to, to to explain exactly why that is. But it's yeah something to with how Zack Snyder treats um, like the like the the powers of the of like the superheroes and like just you can see their impact in the world i think that's that is a big reason of of why it's like that which uh which i did appreciate a lot i do think it comes down a bit of like having consequence in fighting and like real things happening because one of my biggest issues with marvel these days is it's like a, a person shooting a red laser versus a person shooting a blue laser and it's like i don't have any context for what the power of this laser is so if it knock someone back or if they def- block it and defend it like i don't i don't understand what that means like that doesn't mean anything whereas like i know what a sword means i know what like a sword <laughs> cutting through someone's arm means and it's like okay that being blocked or not or drawing blood like that that feels like a real object that has impact on somebody yeah well they they told the line a little <laughs> bit with this because i mean it's hard not to when you have such strong like such op superheroes as like superman and wonder woman and I mean, even the Flash, to a certain extent, like they do a good job of like limiting. I mean, he's limited because he's kind of a, a klutz, but just the speed, um, like the speed of him is just that in itself is OP. And um, 
even when Wonder Woman is fighting people in the bank in the first scene, it's like when she hits people, they go ridiculously flying, which is what <laughs> would happen in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, the uh, yeah, I was as I was saying is like the, it's towing the line where, for example, Batman's uh, gauntlets. I mean, it is explained in an earlier scene yeah, where he's blocking the lasers. Yeah, but I mean, it, again, it's hard to do that. Um, it's like the Captain Marvel effect where, and you mentioned how like you have to get these super strong characters out of the way so that there is a movie. <laughs> and um, I like considering that, I think uh, Justice League did a really good job considering all of them are like that. Um, well, not yeah, most of them. Like uh, Wonder Woman is like a slightly less strong Superman and um and and i don't want to talk too much about marvel because this is like the one episode where we don't have to but um like they, they did a good job in grounding their superheroes in reality like iron man is just his suit is just technology mm-hmm. right like it's they they did a good job of limiting their power up until captain marvel <laughs> um but uh yeah i don't i don't, I don't know where, where else i'm going with that is good. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I the the backstories for Flash and um Cyborg were I guess what I thought they would be, which was a lot lot better than what they were in the movie. <laughs> um I was happy to, like pretty much everything they did to Flash and Cyborg in the theatrical cut was the wrong decision. And like I didn't hate the first Justice League, like I thought it was really kind of saddened down and like not that exciting, but I didn't hate it. But having watched this movie, it makes me hate it more because of the specific decisions that they made. Um, for example, cutting all the cyborg, but also that whole plot with the Russian family that has absolutely nothing to do with anyone in the theatrical cut. Which is the like, Russian family. So in the original version, version when they're fighting Steppenwolf at yeah. the end, oh, they have yeah. like, oh, it's like, oh, we got to go save this one person, um, or like save all oh, these people in buildings, and it's like that really didn't have anything to do with anything um, well i think that was a way to get superman away too right that was just like a plot device well i think that was like everyone complaining about dc is like oh superheroes got to save people like you got to see the impact on the world and it's like they're uh. saving seven billion people by stopping the world <laughs> being destroyed it's fine yeah um yeah like for i i agree with you for uh cyborg 100 percent. like i read somewhere where like uh someone said watching the snyder cut just shows you exactly how much they did ray fisher dirty <laughs> um and they did like his story was so so much better like it was really, mm-hmm. really good um i will disagree a little bit with the flash because um what they did add with him and his dad i enjoyed I think I, I just take an issue with uh, the one scene where he's like applying for the, the dog walking job, which I feel like, I mean, it was kind of cool, but you could have cut that whole thing out. Would you have cut the whole Iris West part too with the car? She's the girl. Oh, the okay. You know what? Maybe that's another bit of fan service that I just didn't get because I didn't. And that's like, I, I don't know that much about the Flash. I just know that like, that's his female love interest and that's what they were okay. setting up for future movies. But yeah, it's like, but I, I mean, thought the slow motion of that, like the effects and just the like little thing about how when he moves first, his shoes just, just rip apart because it's like, that's how fast and powerful he is. It's like yeah. little details like that. I appreciate that it. Was, that was cool. But I, I feel like I it didn't need like a 10 minute <laughs> scene just for that. And like the setting up of, lo- of the love interest, I, I feel like if they're not going to do it, if Zack Snyder's not going to do another movie, fine. Like okay, you can have that in there, I guess. You're you're just put doing what you can, like, because you can now. But I mean, if, like, if there's even one more movie that could be explored later, because, like, the more important and the better storyline, at least for The Flash, is the relationship with him and his dad. Mm-hmm. And I like, they handled, they did handle that a lot better in this movie just by giving it more, like, more meat. And I, I did feel like that's the only reason why I felt like that. Like I like the scene on its own. I think it barely holds on to fitting into this movie because showing him applying for a job is, you know, fits into that whole, you know, he's not doing well. He needs to have five jobs so he can become like a <laughs> crime, whatever he does. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, that would also be one of my candidates for maybe cutting that out. But it's, I, I like that they at least 
developed his backstory and explained who he was rather than like in in the theatrical cut he was really just like i don't have a backstory i'm just excited to join your team and that's it and i don't know what i'm doing yeah 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 definitely the uh the one scene that i thought that they did better in a theatrical cut was the scene where barry meets flash and i think you said this as well when we were uh watching it the the scene where he first goes into the flash's place and he throws the boomerang at him and whatnot it just felt like it was actually edited better and it it makes sense that yoss would do a comedy scene better than Zack snyder so wait so you're saying uh you're saying in the original version that scene was done better than it it was mostly the same scene but i think they just edited it and maybe had some different music and it was a little bit better in the theatrical version oh yeah yeah because i don't even think there was any music in the theatrical version but like i couldn't help but notice like they they there was like music playing in the background and it just felt so off like there were some of the music choices in like multiple scenes i think like in some of the fight scenes they had like death metal music or something would come over and i was like it's <laughs> eh, a bit odd well that's i mean that that i wasn't uh, it wasn't as like a, much of an issue for me i i think the the only one that stands out is that that scene where uh bat bruce meets uh barry for the first time and like, I, yeah, I was saying, like, they made this scene, <laughs> this is the one scene that they made worse in the Snyder Cut. And um, um, they they kept, like, the one joke that you hated the most. <laughs> yeah, the I'm rich joke. Which yeah. I, I loved watching all of the scenes and seeing that there was a bad joke about to come and then see it not happen in this version. <laughs> that was the one point where that's like, okay, that joke was in there from the beginning and I didn't like it. But it's like, there were so many scenes where it's like, it feels like they brought them all back months later to film one line to just <laughs> throw into a scene that didn't make any sense. Um, it's like uh, one of the examples is when he meets Aquaman for the first time in like the Icelandic city or wherever it was. Um, and then, you know, he's walking into the water and he says, uh, strong man is strongest alone. That's the opposite. Or, you know, haven't you heard that saying? And then yeah. in the theatrical version, Bruce Wayne says like, that's not the saying. That's the opposite of the saying. And it's like, <laughs> that's not what Bruce Stop Wayne would say there. silly, Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, that uh, the, the one I missed, though, which is, I mean, probably dumb and you, you, you're happy that it was gone. But when uh, Aquaman was sitting on the, the lasso when they're about to fight Steppenwolf, <laughs> um, I think that was like the only memorable part of the original version for, for uh, me. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I, I did like that as well. Oh, okay. But it well, would yeah. not have fit in this version, for sure. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably not. I mean, and and on that note, like the the dynamic between the the Justice League was a lot better. Like just the the bantering, um, especially them like kind of looking at uh, the Flash as kind of like an annoying little brother. I I quite enjoyed that. Um, yeah, going back and- to what you were saying earlier about how like the jokes fitting the tone better. Like there was one scene where they were trying to sneak into the alien ship. And this is a very, very subtle thing, but, and I, uh, I'll be embarrassed if this is actually part of the theatrical version, but Barry's <laughs> trying on hats and he's like, do you want to go with option A? And Aquaman's oh, yeah. like, no, no, no way in hell. And he's like, or option B. And he's like, let me see option A again. Um, that was good, like, yeah. Little jokes like that I liked and they like, they fit the banter of the movie better than like some of the obvious stuff in the theatrical version. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, all the all the post-apocalypse stuff worked for me. I love that they had the scene, which I've seen in a lot of DC cartoons, but I was not expecting to see in live action, is like futures where they kill everybody. And you showed like a, a dead Wonder Woman and Arthur Curry getting killed and like Batman's head being like ripped off and something. It's like eh, a little fan service there. Yeah, I mean, that was surprising to me because like they, the first time around, it, it comes as a vision. Uh, for batman and then they really commit to it in the epilogue because they're talking about like how these people are dead it's like wow that's um that is that's kind of refreshing compared to like marvel where nobody dies and uh robert downey jr will be back in like five years probably um which i mean it's it's unfortunate because like aquaman and wonder woman well not aquaman um what's his real name jason momoa Mm -hmm. and gal gadot like i like as I like to see them in these movies. Like I would have been okay with them killing flash instead or like, 
like Ezra Miller. Like he fits in well. I mean, I I don't mind him. I will say that like some of his his jokes or his humor kind of fell flat with me. But I mean, yeah, I don't mind him. But I would I would prefer to see, uh, like Wonder Woman. I I think that this goes back to my love of uh, <laughs> what 1984, 1987 <laughs> Wonder Woman. Um, but uh, and also I don't I, I'm assuming that's like canon right the, uh, arthur curry and diana dying so they do it frequently in dc and i don't i haven't read a ton of the comics i've watched a lot of like the cartoons and i've like read up about some of the comic storylines but there's multiple stories where they create a future where everyone dies and then somebody has to go back and fix it all usually the flash mm-hmm. because he's time traveling um but there's like other so I don't know if you've watched Flashpoint Paradox, the cartoon that they've sent out, but there's another like alternate feature where like Bruce Wayne dies and it's Thomas Wayne who becomes Batman. Um, and then like Aquaman and Wonder Woman hook up and then like or Wonder Woman kills Mara and like all this stuff. And then he has to go back in time and like undo all that. So it's like, I feel like in DC, they just like giving these visions of everyone dying and then undoing it. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, yeah, they're doing that again here, which is again, kind of fan service, but like for me, it's interesting enough visually. And there's like a new idea to see in a live action movie that I'm still interested by it. Yeah. I, I hope they do the one graphic novel that I read a bit of uh, for DC was the one where like they all turn into zombies. Um, is that the green lantern one? I don't remember. I don't know what it was a really long time ago. But I mean, even like Captain America, like all the superheroes were in it. It was like a crossover. And then they are all like turning into superhero zombies. And there's like no way to defeat them. I hope they turn that into a movie. It's completely random thought. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm 100% okay with these superhero franchises making like one-off movies. Which is almost why I'm happy about DC kind of failing. Because now you can just have like a a one-off Robert Pattinson movie. And one-off Joker (laughs) movie. And it's like, don't have to worry about finishing the story you want uh um jared leto to continue being the joker um i i thought he was good enough like i i wouldn't mind that at all it would be weird to put him in like the robert pattinson movie but like honestly if they just forced it in i'd be okay with that on that note (laughs) i have no idea what all these memes about we live in a society are and why people are complaining so much about that i haven't even seen those so I had to do research on this, but I guess in the trailer, Jared Leto's Joker says, we live in a society. And apparently the Joker is associated in memes a lot with saying we live in a society um, as like a thing that incels say. Oh, God. and that okay. people making fun of incels say. And so they said it in the trailer as like, I think Jared Leto like ad-libbed it and they just put it in the trailer, but then they didn't put it in the movie. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening, go research we live in a society memes and you'll understand uh but it took me a bit of research to understand why people were upset by it oh okay i don't know i just kind of turn my brain off whenever i see jared leto as the joker i just don't like him i mean i i don't mind him like i don't like his joker at all i Um, felt his joker here was different than what we saw in suicide oh yeah a hundred percent and i'm 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 happy about that too it's like marginally better but it still feels like he's he's like trying to be the Joker. It's like I'm I'm acting right now. Uh, Maybe I'm a bit biased. He um he just came out with a movie with Denzel Washington called The Little Things, which he gives a fantastic performance in, and like he's a really good actor. Yeah, I mean I I don't like I don't deny that he's a good actor. He just like when he's the Joker, he I mean I feel like. Like watching Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Like, <laughs> it's hard to do the Joker now. It's been done so much. Like, they need to not do that for twenty years. I guess, yeah, I guess. There's, That's true. Like, I, Batman is the one character that has enough villains that you could get away with retiring one for a little while. He, he's a victim of uh, previous success, I guess. I just, I can't, I can't stand seeing his Joker. I didn't mind. Um. I mean, but like his his little back and forth with Batman was was interesting, even though it was like purely like stylized exposition, I guess. It's like all of this cool stuff happened and listen to us talk about it. It's all um, fan service there, which like yeah. <laughs> I have to check myself on because I've complained in this podcast multiple <laughs> times about fan service. Yeah. So I can't say it's good now. 
So I mean, I was I would almost say like this is your Rogue One, but then you would probably just reply that this is actually a good movie. Well, <laughs> those parts were my least favorite parts. Like I. I got the references, but I didn't really get much out of them. Like, if anything, I just like the visual of them in, like, the post-apocalyptic future. The conversation itself and the characters being there, I didn't really care much for. Yeah. Actually, going back to um, on the topic of the post-apocalyptic future, do you think they missed an opportunity to just kill off Amber Heard? <laughs> Considering that she, like, lost her job. Oddly enough, they just shot those scenes not that long ago. Like, they made a decision to bring her back for that <laughs> in the current context of today. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, yeah, there was, like, a couple of chances where, like, Steppenwolf could have just cut her in half or <laughs> something. If I, I feel like that character is important enough to keep on, but I think if they did a Justice League 2, they would recast it. Yeah. Um. Well, one thing I was a little bit, I was curious about is the the timeline. Uh, especially with Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman, uh, because like their their standalone movies are are did those happen before? Like, well, Wonder Woman's clearly did happen before the Justice League, or the, takes place. Yeah, you're talking about chronologically or when the movies were supposed to come. Chronologically, out? chronologically. Yeah, yeah. The, both the Wonder Woman movies would have taken place before this. The Aquaman movie would have happened after. The. Uh, the Aquaman movie ha- happened after because yeah. I thought he like took his it, at the end of his movie he like becomes king of Atlantis or or did I just misunderstand? No, he was, and in, in this one he's still not connected to them. So this Justice League is before Aquaman. Oh, you said it's before. Okay, but then he has like his trident, or is it still? No, his, no, like, there's two tridents. The one. um the special trident that he gets during Aquaman is the one that uh Amber Heard is holding in the post-apocalyptic scene it only has three things whereas his that he's using uh, okay. in the movie has five okay i thought they were the same so i was confused <laughs> that's no the the special it also makes um in the the scene about the first invasion where the tribes of earth unite the yeah. uh, atlantis king is using that same like special trident right which like the 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 less special trident looks cooler so i feel like they screwed that one up <laughs> I mean the the special one is gold, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um and then the Wonder Woman, like I I was confused not confused but like it's it go I guess it goes back to them being like OP but in Wonder Woman 1980 something something um she can like fly uh and she has her invisible jet and like none of that is is in Justice League which is like I mean it's a nitpick, I guess, but I, I feel like when they made Wonder Woman eighty four, they did not count on this movie being in existence <laughs> anywhere. I guess. Well, no, you, you think so? They. Well, I, I guess don't was... think they tried to connect to anything in the DC universe because, in the beginning of Batman versus Superman, no one in the world knows who she is. But in Wonder Woman eighty four, she talks to literally the entire world. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I don't think continuity is their strong suit on that one. Oh man, I gotta watch that movie again. <laughs> it's gonna be a weird binge or like marathon to watch all of the DC movies in chronological order. Oh, then you gotta you like... gotta put Shazam in there somewhere too. Oh yeah, and then you have to go from Wonder Woman 1984 to like Batman and versus Superman <laughs> to Man of Steel. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like oh my god, this is terrible—the burden of saving the world versus. Everything is awesome. Just <laughs> stop being bad and we can <laughs> change the world. Oh man, DC you're is DC's all over the place. Even the Shazam franchise on its own can't have consistency because they have Shazam which is like a kids movie and now Black Adam is coming out which looks like a, a back to the dark gritty adult DC that they want to build. Is there like a first look at that already? So The Rock has been posting on Instagram lately. I think he posted the first three pages of the script because they're starting filming in like a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. And anyway, it seems like not the the same tone. I think they just told whatever directors to just do whatever you want. <laughs> Who's the uh, the director of that one? Is it? Um... I actually don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, that's uh, t- we'll we'll save that that one. I, I won't touch that one yet. 
that's for a later conversation. Do you have any closing thoughts on this Justice League movie? Oh, I have like a bunch of other random thoughts. I don't know okay. about closing. Fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> um, oh, um, like with the, with the whole uh, on on Steppenwolf. Um, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep rambling, but I'll okay. I'll try not to. <laughs> um, Steppenwolf. I my main complaint about him in the uh, original version was that he was kind of generic, um, and I still they. I mean, along with all the other characters, they did a good job of adding to to him. Um, but he still felt kind of like bad guy. And I, I didn't see a whole lot of difference between him and Darkseed side, Darkseid. I don't know if you felt the same way. I, I actually disagree. And I feel like I'm getting repetitive by continuing to say I love things about these movies. But I feel like I've earned the ability to do that by saying I hate everything else over the last <laughs> few years. But I loved what they did with Steppenwolf because they didn't just make him generic monster man. Like they added in this subplot about him being kind of shitty and like, not like he's been cast out by his group and he looked sad in scenes. Like there was, you could see the, the emotion in his face. Like I almost feel like there was a tear in his eye in one scene. Could you? Yeah. Like there was one scene, like when he was talking to the hooded guy who was appearing in like metal form um, and you could see he was really trying to impress dark side and he felt really bad and like felt that he was cast out and like really betrayed. And so it's like, I felt like there was this weak side to him. And even like when they cut off his head at the end, it's like <laughs> dark side isn't upset by that. He's kind of like, Oh, this shitty guy, they did him in. Um, yeah. And it's like, I felt like he had so much more of a character as opposed to just like generic monster man. And like, some of it has to do with the CGI. Like I felt like his face just had more feelings and emotions in it, but it's like overall they did more with the character. And I was glad they didn't make him, I'm big, powerful, angry man. Like he, his, he was there for the purpose of like trying to win back his, the trust of you know the god that he worships. Oh wow! That this is I've never been in this position before where I like <laughs> you're completely... the cynical one now. I which is funny because I did like the movie. Like I'm just I'm I'm nitpicking. I've been nitpicking this whole time. But like that this one I will die on this hill where I just like he didn't see like I don't know. Maybe it was it was the CGI. Well, it's funny because you said the CGI like helped this time, but I feel like the way that he was—I mean, his character model—I guess he just seemed like I couldn't see any expression on his face, even when he it was like kind of just the same the whole way through. I mean, it was—I don't know—it just looked very, very standard. I, I felt like that was maybe true in some of the scenes where he was being sort of like i.e the badass guy where he's like fighting the amazons in the beginning he was just kind of like generic guy but the context that those other scenes put it in when they had him talking back to apocalypse and kind of you know kind of saying hey this is what i'm reporting on and them kind of talking down on him it added more context that he was almost like fronting when he was acting cool in front of everyone else oh okay it, it wasn't much but it was enough that I understood him as a character and not just a CGI blob. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, he did pass the bar of being a CGI blob, which, which is what he was in the first movie for me. So I, I mean, it's, it's an improvement either way. I, I also felt he was very, uh, he was very mean to Diana in particular, like <laughs> all of his, uh, all of his trash talk while they're fighting, I feel like was always just directed at her. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, yeah, there was like you one scene at that. the end where he was like, "You, you could have been there, and you know, you could have, you know, saved your your sisters from me, and you, sadly, you could have." Um, and I was like, "Yeah, you're just rubbing it in a bit." Know, yeah, no, but I mean, it was like every time they, like, in every single fight where they saw each other, he says nothing to any of the other, to anyone else, and then just always going in on on Wonder Woman, which is. Uh... I feel like he was singling her out as like the most powerful. Yeah. But... <laughs> It, yeah, I'm not gonna. That's not a hill to die on for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's an aside that is of no consequence to anything. Uh, before you make your next point, I'm gonna make a point that I forgot to make. Uh, the anti-life equation, I thought was dumb. <laughs> I like that they brought in something that, uh, because they had this side plot with Steppenwolf, where they said, you know, he was trying to impress Darkseid and he was trying to get back in good graces, and it's like. 
okay, those people don't care about just conquering one planet because they've conquered literally 100,000 planets before. It's like, why would you impress them by doing this one? And so it's like, you give a little more detail that helps connect and flesh out that story a little bit more. So I was happy with that. But just the fact that you have something called the anti-life equation, I thought was really dumb. I mean, all of that stuff just went over my head because like, I don't know what I had to read up is. on that because I was not at all familiar with that either. Okay. I just chalked that up along with like 20% of the other of the, the movie to be like, oh, this is DC stuff that I just don't understand. It's a strange position to be in where like, I usually know the the references. I can't be like, I know what that is anymore. I feel like you're in the position of a, what Suan, my wife, for listeners, uh, feels like when we're watching Star Wars movies and I have to be like, so that's why this person came in and that's what they were referring to on this. Because it's like, yeah, regular audience goers don't know these things. And yeah. You have to provide context. In this one, Faye was asking me, like, what what just happened? And then I would have to be like, I, I don't know either. <laughs> so that was a, that's a interesting uh, movie experience, I guess, for, for me, if if any, if nothing else. But all in all, it was good. I, I don't uh, I, have, I have no other complaints about it. Do I? No, I don't. It's too much slow mo. <laughs> Oh, there was one other scene I got to complain about that they did the the hero shot that reminded me of Avengers 2. Um, oh, there was one like scene when they were charging into the Russian place and then they had like the uh, the car going by and then the four other heroes flew by and they paused for a second as they had <laughs> all five heroes in frame. And I was like, eh, that doesn't fit this movie. They did that a lot, actually. Like them standing in like perfectly uh, diagonal lines or like just uh, majestically standing uh, all heroically. They Yeah, they did it a few other times. The one that I actually liked was uh, they had one scene where they had just killed Steppenwolf and they were staring in the portal at each other, Darkseid staring back, and then there was like the six of them just standing there. And I yeah. was like, okay, <laughs> that's the one hero shot you should have used and just don't use all the other ones. Yeah. Oh, man. Just thinking about Steppenwolf's death again. <laughs> that was awesome. I watched that a couple um, extra times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I guess my last question for you um, and I feel like it's already been kind of answered, but um, if there was no like theatrical cut, Yas Whedon never was born, <laughs> um, and uh, Ray Fisher never had uh, was mistreated, um, and the only cut of the movie was the Snyder cut, maybe like a three-hour version, like polished. Um, would it be would it be as loved as it is now? And that's hard to answer because I don't think it is that loved like I, I am reading a lot of other alternative opinions where people don't like it and think it's very excessive so really i i, do, I wouldn't classify this movie as like 99 percent audience score type thing like there are people who don't like it yeah i don't think this for, like regardless of what happened the first time around this four hour version was would not have seen the light of day as a theatrical cut um it would have been trimmed down to a three hour version but yeah i, I think the cool thing to do back then was to hate on Zack snyder and so I feel like whatever movie he came out with, people were going to shit on. And it took him being like, and that's what I don't like about certain movie audiences is that it's like they let their opinion of people in certain franchises and tones dictate what their opinions are as opposed to what they actually just would feel about a movie. So I, I don't think there was any chance people would ever just have looked at this as a straight, honest movie. <laughs> um, I, I think it would have gotten better reception than Batman versus Superman. I don't think it would have been as well liked as what we're seeing today. Um, yeah, I, I think people would have shit on it just because that was the cool thing to do at that time. Mm, interesting. People don't like uh, changing their opinions on people. <laughs> they They like to know that they look at the world and understand it and everything makes sense to them. So if they love a movie, if they love Marvel movie, and Marvel comes out with a mediocre movie, they're going to say they love it, and they're going to support their franchise. People don't what do, change what do you their think, opinions. What do you think M. Night Shyamalan has to do to <laughs> change his perception? But that's the thing. is like He went out and was made fun of for like six, seven years before he was kind of allowed to come back and make Split. And like <laughs> Zack Snyder was out of, the, you know, out of the limelight for, it was only like three years, but he had to kind of like, 
you have to go away for a while before you can come back. Yeah, but I mean, he also had this huge movement behind him, right? Like, even the actors uh, were, were in support. I never saw Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> tweet in support of uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that's true. I think the I think there's nothing but good that's going to come out of the fact that this movie exists. I think we're going to get more interesting tones and styles within the superhero genre. Zack Snyder is going to continue to give us maybe a few more good movies that are non-superhero related. Um, and hopefully directors have a little bit more freedom to make the movies that they want to make. That's the one big thing that I, I want. Um, free uh, Josh Trank, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, that I do want to see the Trank cut, but that will never... I don't even know if they finish that. I feel like Probably there were not. there were stories of him trashing his uh, RV or whatever or trailer during the set. Like I feel like halfway through the movie they told him to stop and he never actually filmed it. <laughs> oh man, that would have been an awesome comparison, <laughs> just considering the mess of the first one. But yeah, that's all I got. That's that's it for me as well. All right, well. Tune in uh, for our next episode, I guess, uh, which is uh, going to be a change of pace. Uh, I'm not going to give it away because you're clearly hanging on to <laughs> – if you're listening right now, you're clearly eagerly waiting for uh, what our next episode is going to be. But uh, I'll, I'll leave you in suspense. Um, any parting thoughts, Carson? Uh, this is the last you'll see of uh, optimistic Carson. I'm going to go back to being <laughs> cynical for our next episode. <laughs> Oh, well, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.